Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. The sound of my voice is blessed, edified, strengthened, encouraged by the power of your spoken word in the name of Jesus. These words will not just be information to the ears, it will be illumination to the hearts and empowerment to the hands in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord, to subdue my flesh and ensure that the word of God that I'm speaking out of my mouth will not be corrupted by my own experience, attitudes, or idiosyncrasies. In the name of Jesus, let the word of God come uncorrupted, unskewed, undefiled into the ears and the heart of every hearer of this word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. And the people said it very loud. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I think was it sometime last week I was just thinking that the church has been through phases. If, if you're a preacher and you do not interject your preachings with prophetic words, that would ensure people are saying, Amen, in the middle of your teaching. You know, there was a season if you couldn't preach like that, you, you are not a preacher. <laughs> and there is a generation of our fathers that that's how they preach. They preach and they prophesy, preach, prophesy. And I just remember that season, you know, and it's still a thing anyways. But sometimes the Lord has need for some of us who also don't have that um, type of, <clears throat> that type of approach to the ministry of the word. And it doesn't make um, the pronunciation any less effectual or the utterance any less powerful, all right? So please receive with meekness the word of God that will be coming to you today, and I believe your heart and your life will never remain the same again in Jesus' name. So we've been on a very interesting series of teachings. Thank you so much. Let's appreciate Tim Lane once again for that very erudite summary of the series so far. And I really believe that you guys have been going back to your teaching notes and just checking those things out. It's important, it's important. Like I said last week, um, it's okay not to be childish, but it's not okay to be, or rather it's, <clears throat> it's not ideal to be childish, but it's ideal to be childlike. And what children do is that it's easy for them to be fascinated, even though you've done the same thing over and over again to them. As long as they find it interesting, they'll keep finding it interesting and funny and humorous because they're children, they're childlike, okay? So every time you receive God's word, always have the habit of writing it down, visiting it from time to time, have your notes. Don't dispose your notes. Don't dispose your notes. Go back to them from time to time. Check them out. Read those things. They'll really, really bless your heart. There's some things I've written 2014, 2015. When I go through those things, it blesses my heart. It blesses my mind. It also makes me appreciate my growth. That wow, wow, interesting. This is, this is the rev we shared in those days. <laughs> Amen. So please go back. You, you'll be able to catalog your growth process and see how God has helped you develop so far. And there are some profound things also you will find in those parchments that will bless your present and your future. Amen. Let's go straight into the word. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6. Please, I'll need you to be very fast today. Who is on the... Who is on the um, projector today. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Who's that? Is it Alex or Maya? Or both? <laughs> okay, so that's fine. So that means the, the speed has to be double. Amen. So please, let's be very fast. The communication of your faith, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Thankfully, Timelaine has helped me with the summary so I don't have to go back through all of the teachings we've had so far. But the Bible says here that the communication of your faith, that the sharing of your faith might become effectual, might become effective 
by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. We emphasize the place of the Holy Spirit in helping you optimize those good things that are in you to help you acknowledge those things. And of course, we talked about hosting protocols last week, how that you need to be committed to something Davidic. And Jesus is the ultimate goodie bag. Without him, we would not be goodie bags in the first place. He's that light, the light every man that comes into the world. He's the light of the world, really. Every one of us are just reflecting the light that he carries. It's sourced from him. Amen. And so here the Bible is saying that the communication of your faith is made effectual. Praise God. Mara, can you join this crop of people? We are trying not to, you know, have many people there. Amen. Oh, there are no, there are no more spaces. Okay, okay, that's fine. Sorry, sorry about that. Thank you. <clears throat> that the communication of your faith is made effectual. The sharing of your faith is made effectual by the acknowledging. Pastor Peace gave a very powerful definition of acknowledge. He says to accept knowledge, to agree with it. Amen. To agree with it. So today I'll be sharing with you what I've titled the signature. The signature. The signature. These teachings, when you combine them together, you will find a wholesome effect in your life. All right? So you cannot afford to take one of these teachings in uh, isolation and try to effect it or apply it without consideration for other areas that has been taught. And that's why it's a series. We can't cram all of those things in one 45 minutes teaching or session. And so it's elongated so we can see how all these things play out in helping you um, give force to the things that are resident in you in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says that the sharing of your faith, the communication of your faith is made effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. How come every good thing in us will not just manifest without our own acknowledgement? Have you ever wondered? Why is it that until we acknowledge those things will not be given force in our lives? It's because like I mentioned last week partly, I talked about how that God has given the earth to the sons of men. There's, there's only so much God can do on earth without your permission. Oh, Wesley. John Wesley, he said, very profound uh, quote, he said, it seems like God will do nothing until people pray. He said it seems, it just seems. It seems like God will just hold back. He has all the good things to deliver on your doorstep, but it just seems like he will hold back until you permit his intrusion or his intervention. Praise the name of the Lord. And why, why, why is that? Because there is a signature that approves every contractual deal in the realm of the spirit. And that's what we're going to be exploring today. Because that is how you choose. That is how you acknowledge every good thing that is in you, in Christ. It is with your signature. The challenge is that a lot of us have overpriced and valued much more our written signature than our vocal signature. The parties to a written signature are the only ones that can help ensure uh, that they are witnesses to those terms and conditions. But the challenge again with the vocal signature is that beyond the parties involved in terms of people visibly seeing what you're saying, there is something called heaven and earth witnessing to the words of your mouth. So even in your bed chambers, when you are saying something, there are witnesses, even though they are not flesh and blood. It's called heaven and earth. They are witnesses. They are witnesses. And this is why we must take our vocal signature more seriously than we take our written signature. You see how powerful the written signature is? Even if you are not in tune with the terms and conditions, once you apply your signature, those terms are binding on you, even if you don't like the terms. You see all those plenty things that you see online? They'll say, the 10 pages. They'll say, agree or not agree. And you want to do something at the end of that agreement. 
So you just go ahead and agree without even reading the terms and conditions. Hey, if the push comes to shove, the day the rubber will hit the road and there will be a need to apply some of those terms and conditions, you cannot prove ignorance. I did not know, but your signature is proof that you have agreed to the terms and conditions. There is such a thing in the realm of the spirit. It's called your vocal authorization. It's your vocal authorization. That is what permits God to get into your situation actively. This is why in the year 2021, if there's anything you must do consistently, is to confess God's word. It's to confess God's word. That is your signature in the realm of the spirit. That is your signature. That's your signature. That is how you approve documents and contracts and deals in the realm of the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. So there was a man called Esau. He had a brother called Jacob. Jacob was a man of smooth skin. He stayed in the house. He was more homely than his brother. Esau was a wild man. He usually went hunting, you know. So his father liked him because he was more adventurous, was more manly, all right, than Jacob. Jacob was, was, he was a homely guy. So he, he could do most things that a woman at home could do. He could cook. He could make a home. He could, you know, make the bed. He was, he was a good guy, homely. Esau was a man of the field. So someday, I'll do a proper exegesis on what happened and transpired between both of them at another time, but there's something I need to bring up from there. Someday, Esau, I believe Genesis 25, went into hunting, and then he brought back his whatever it is, and then he, he, couldn't, he couldn't process it to make it food in good time. And he was really hungry and famished, so he saw Jacob, who had just cooked something really profound. Hey, Ashari lady. Very red and solid stuff. And then Esau was so enticed by what he had seen. And then he looked at Jacob and said, I am so hungry, give me something to eat. And Jacob had been eyeing the birthright of Esau all these years, but he didn't find the opportunity to negotiate. And so that day he found the perfect opportunity. You want what I, you want what I have, and I desperately need what you have as well, but I have to prove as if I can make do without yours. And ensure that you are desperate enough to get mine. So you can give yours in exchange for what I can give you. Even though what I can give you can only feed you temporarily. But what I'm about to collect from you will to sort out my life forever. And you do not even know what you carry. And so Esau looked at him and said, what is my birthright to me? What, 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 what is it? I'm about to die. You're telling me about a birthright. That, uh, what's birthright? What's the meaning of birthright? And then right there, Jacob said, no, no, no. I don't just want a casual statement. We need to sign a contract. Swear for me right now and ensure you deliver it to me vocally. And he said, I swear, I swear by I swear by whatever it is you believe in. And he gave him that birthright without signing any written document. But heaven and earth were there to witness that transaction that day. Guess what? Several years down the line, perhaps even decades, because by Genesis 26, we see that Isaac had not really grown old to a point where his eyes were dim. By 27, we see that Isaac had gone dim. And so Genesis 26, we were still going to meet Abimelech and all of that. So this transaction happened several decades before the actual blessing was transferred. But the thing is, the moment Esau gave that vocal authorization, Jacob was credited in the realm of the spirit. That was how the transaction happened. That was how the transaction happened. The moment a person signs a contract, that thing is already legitimate. It cannot become a, a proof at the law court that you sign this document, you agree to the terms and conditions. That same way, Esau signed a document that will forever haunt him. And so several decades down the line, you see Isaac's eye go dim. You see a Rebecca that was around when 
Isaac was given an instruction to Esau. You see an Esau going to the field who did not have a ready-made version of what the father asked for him that he could have, you know, optimized the time factor. I'm going to explain what I'm saying. Now you wonder, what made all of these things happen? It was not necessarily the mischief of Rebekah or the dim eye of Isaac or the, or the deceiving nature of Jacob. It was the words of Esau. It was the word of Esau that ensured that all those things and circumstances had to play in a certain way for those words to come to pass. It wasn't so much about the, 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 the mischief of Rebekah or the deception of Jacob or the dim eyes of Isaac. It was the fact that Esau had said some things that heaven and earth had witnessed to and heaven and earth will ensure that everything needed to ensure that that word comes to pass is brought to place. You must be careful the things you say. He said it on the platform of hunger. But heaven and earth didn't forget even when he was filled. After he had satisfied his own hunger, his temporary need for food, the words continued to perpetuate. The words continued to linger in the realm of the spirit, waiting for an opportune time to execute themselves on the face of the earth. There is something called heaven and earth. They witness. Every word you say in your bedchambers, heaven and earth, they, they witness to it. Because decades later, we see that Esau was about to be blessed. Legitimately, he was the owner of the blessing. He was the firstborn child. He deserved to receive that blessing. That day, Isaac, what, you know, his eye had gone deep. Imagine, imagine. The, the, the pronouncement of Esau several years before, several decades before, affected the ability of Isaac to see. It, it was Esau that caused it. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, what we see is not any blame to Jacob or to Esau or to Rebekah. The blame went straight to, to, to Esau. Because he was the fornicator who for a muscle of meat sold his birthright, thereby affecting generations ahead of him and the actions and inactions of some people. Down the line, he could not be blessed. Heaven and earth could not afford to allow that word not come to pass. And so his eyes... Or his father's eye went in. And his father couldn't see appropriately. So he had to, um, he, he told him, he said, go and make me something that I love. And let me, let me eat and bless you. Rebecca, he was dropped and heard all of those things. Told Jacob, he said, you know what? Your father is about to bless Esau. Rebecca was not there when they were transacting. Everything was working to ensure that the words of Esau will come to pass. And Rebecca said, no, I'm about to do this so that you can get the blessing instead. Even Jacob must have forgotten. Because Jacob was already telling Rebecca the impossibility of the plan. I, 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 may, I may have smooth skin. My brother has a hairy skin. He couldn't have imagined that this is how the promise will come to pass. When he said it, he just said, oh, give me your birthright. And Jacob was smart enough to understand that these things are transacted by words. So he just got the credit alive. But he didn't know how it would be cast. He didn't know. So even Jacob was telling Rebecca the impossibility of the plan. I have smooth skin. My brother has a hairy skin. Our voices are different. How, how is this going to happen? But heaven and earth had witnessed. They were overseeing the matter. Listen, when you make confessions, you don't need to understand how it will come to pass. Heaven and earth are witnesses to your words. You don't need to have the contact of the person that will make it happen. You don't need to have the idea of the governmental policy that needs to change for the thing to happen. You just make those confessions with your vocal authorization. Eventually, those things will come to pass. I'm telling you the truth and I lie not. Under heaven, this is how it works. Esau, 
So, so Isaac's eye went dim. There are some things happening in people's lives. It is as a result of some words that were spoken before that time. It's not part of the covenant package that your eye go dim. Your eye shouldn't go dim. Abraham's eyes didn't go dim. Moses' eye didn't go dim. Why was it Isaac's eyes that went dim? Because it was a necessary condition for Esau's foul and loose contractual deal to happen. Because if Isaac's eyes were not dim, there was no way he could have misblessed. He couldn't have misblessed. He couldn't have blessed Jacob instead of Ah, He couldn't have misblessed. And even the approach of getting food is not necessary. But he needed to ask for something that would take his soul out of the picture for a season. Because he could have just said, all of you come at the same time, even if my eyes are blind. Come at the same time. If you are all here at the same time, I can hear Jacob, I can hear Esau. I couldn't misbless. We couldn't have misblessed even if he was blind and he chose another strategy to pass on the blessing. He couldn't have. Because now you can hear Jacob. He said, Jacob, where are you? He will hear Jacob. He will hear Esau. He will hear Rebecca. He will hear all his children and then he will bless the one. By the time Jacob is stepping forward instead of Esau, Esau will ah, you know, share. Ah, you want the firstborn. You know? He would have, do you understand? Because nobody would allow himself to be cheated right in his own presence. But the approach that Esau chose or that Isaac chose was a function of the contractual deal that Esau made decades before that moment. Decades before that moment. And so Isaac asked Go and get me something that will take you away from this, from this place now. He went in there. He had not optimized his system of production. Because you have been a hunter all these years. You should have been able to understand how this thing works. Maybe you have a way of drying this thing that you hunt. So that you can preserve it for a season. Salt it. So that if any time you need that stuff, that food, you don't need to be hunting every time. Another kettle of fish. But every single time he needed that stuff, he had to go and hunt again. Afresh. Remember he went to hunt. He was coming back from hunting when he made that deal. Decades down the line, he's still hunting every single time he needs to go and bar. Can't you optimize your processes? He still went back to the same field to go and be hunting again. He didn't have a manufacturing plant that could process it, have a, an SOP to ensure that this thing can be available on demand. Father, you need that thing you like? Okay, good. In two minutes, you have it. So he didn't get it. But Rebecca, he's dropped on it. Got got the code and said, See, I prefer you so I want you to have the blessing. And she knew exactly her husband. She spent several years with him. So she knew exactly how he loved it. So she made a lamb. I mean, he ah. Rebecca, Rebecca, <laughs> praise God. She, she produced it in record time. What Esau was struggling to get done after several years of hunting experience. Rebecca got it out. Immediately, gave it to Jacob, go and give it to your father. Isaac was surprised. How come you were able to bring it so quickly? How did you optimize? I know you're not this smart. How did you get it done so quickly? And then he, he blessed Jacob. How did he bless Jacob? Jacob was sounding like Jacob because you can't, you can't mutilate your vocal authorization. You can't change your voice. There's nothing you can do to change how you sound. No, you can change how you appear, how you look. You can't change how you sound. In the realm of the spirit, your signature is not your size, it's not your height, it's not your fine boy. It's your voice. You can't change it. In the realm of the spirit, nothing can be misplaced for your voice. When they hear your voice, they know who that voice represents. They know it. 
Jacob still sounded like Jacob, even though he wanted to deceive Esau, I mean Isaac. And so, but he said, you're, you're just sounding like Jacob, but you, you look, you feel like Esau. And the mistake of Isaac, he, he went with his feelings. He didn't discern. He, he went with Luke's appearance rather than the authorization of the voice. And so he blessed, he blessed, he blessed Jacob unknowingly. He blessed Jacob. He blessed Jacob. He blessed Jacob with all the blessing he carried. Now, Esau, listen, heaven and earth ensured that the time it would take would just be the exact time. The, the time it would take for Esau to go to the wilderness, get the stuff, come back, make it. The time it would take Esau was the record time that Rebekah needed to make the stuff for Isaac to eat the stuff, for Isaac to bless Jacob. The moment Isaac blessed Jacob, he walked out of that room, Esau stepped in. Because you see, heaven and earth organized the scenario. Isaac knew nothing about it. Rebekah knew nothing about it. Jacob knew nothing about it. Even Esau did not know how it was going to pan out. Heaven and earth made it happen. Because heaven and earth are witnesses. When they witness a transaction, they will ensure it comes to pass. Hey! Beware of the things you say. Beware of the things you say. Isaac blessed Jacob. Esau came and said, here it is, I've made it. I, I, I hunted, I, I killed it, I made it, I boiled it, fried it, roasted it, however it is. And here it is, eat it, sir, and bless me. He said, ah. The Bible says Isaac began to shake. Who is this, my son? He said, I'm, I'm Esau. You told me some minutes ago to go and get stuff. And here it is. He said, somebody came before you. Who was that person? He said, ah, no, this is me. I'm the real guy. I'm the real guy. I'm the real guy. Reference your statement 20 years back. How come you have forgotten that you, 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 you disdained your birthright? Now you are begging for it with tears according to Hebrews. Bible says that this guy began to weep and began to cry. This guy could still hunt. What was he crying for? He could still hunt. He could still get games. He, he still had his body. He still had his skills. He still had that. There is something the blessing does. Beyond skills, beyond your ability to hunt, beyond your ability to process what you have hunted, if you don't have the blessing, you don't have something. There is something you don't have. Because Esau looked at Isaac and began to cry. Even one tiny ounce of blessing. Throw it my way, please. He said, sorry, I have spoken. And he said, he is blessed indeed. I can't reverse it. My words have gone forth out of my mouth. They can't return to me void. It has gone on Jacob and he's blessed forever. You will save him, sir. I'm sorry. I didn't want this to happen. But it has happened. But Jacob couldn't, um, Isaac couldn't tell Esau that was what he did 20 years ago. That ensured that this happened the way it happened. The transactions were done by words. The transactions were carried out by the words of Esau's mouth. Even Jacob was cashing on it without his knowledge. Cashed in. Because the transaction had happened. There are things happening right now that are a function of 20 years ago proclamations. Words never die. The person that said them may have died, but those words, they never die. There is something called witnesses. The heavens and earth, they carry those words and they see to it that it comes to pass. There is only one thing that can go into the root of any word that is negative to undo the cause and the trajectory of that word. It's the blood of Jesus. 
That's the only thing. The Bible calls it the blood that speaks better things. Anything that is not good enough, that somebody has spoken over you, or that you yourself have spoken over your own life, you can undo it by pleading the blood. To plead the blood is not to sprinkle the blood. That's not what it means to plead the blood. To plead the blood is a legal term. You stand on the premise of what the blood has already gotten for you. And you plead the blood. That is because of the blood. These words, you cannot come to pass because the blood speaks better. That's the only thing that can undo it. Without the blood, those words will continue to fester in the air, waiting for an opportune time to activate in that person's life. You must be careful how you use your words. How you choose the good you want to manifest in your life is by speaking the good. Because God wants you to have good. But if you don't speak the good, the good will not come. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Praise God. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey! Listen to this. Hey, this is good. Verse 16. Let's read verse 15. That was a see. I have set before you this day life and good, evil, death and evil, in that I have commanded you this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his statutes and all of those things. By verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. How do you choose life? How do you choose the goodness in you? How do you choose it? Is it just by being a goodie bag? No, it's not just by being a goodie bag that you have learned over the last few weeks. It's not just by being that. It's by speaking the good that is in you. If you do not speak it, you have not chosen it. You know the way, if you don't sign a document, even if you like the terms and conditions of that document, it does not bind on you because you didn't sign it. And even if you are ignorant of the terms and conditions of a contractual agreement, once you sign it, it becomes binding. Nobody asks you whether you understand the terms and conditions. The terms and conditions follow the signature. They follow the signature. They don't follow your desires and your wishes and your desires and your aspirations. They follow your signature. What are you saying? Hey, and we see the same scripture. We see the same scripture. Wow. In Romans chapter 10, but before we go there, let, let me just give you a, a hint. Where is it? Good. It says in verse 11, For this commandment which I command you this day, it is not hidden from you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over to the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith. I'm quoting Romans chapter 10 now. Romans chapter 10 from verse 6. Bible says, There is a righteousness called the righteousness of faith. Bible says the righteousness of faith speaketh not on this wise. Listen, there is a way the righteousness of faith speaks. If you have the righteousness of faith, there is a way you must speak. If you are not speaking the way the righteousness of faith speaks, it is not the righteousness of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, Bible says that we therefore, having the same spirit of faith, for it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, we therefore speak. Any believing guy who is not a speaking guy is not a believing guy. 
the kind of believing is the kind of believing that speaks. He says, if you have the same spirit of faith, you will speak. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.13 is telling us. But we therefore have in the same spirit of faith. For it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe. We speak. If we are not speaking, maybe we didn't believe. But if we believe, we will speak. And so Romans chapter 10 and verse 6 says, There is a righteousness called the righteousness of faith. He says, This righteousness speaketh on this wise. And it begins by things you must not say. There are some things you don't say. Your mouth is circumcised. Your mouth is circumcised. There are some things you do not say because if you say them, you are giving life to them. Your mouth is circumcised, guys. Your mouth is a covenant mouth. You don't just say things anyhow. You don't bless and curse with the same mouth. No, you've got to be precise in the way you use the instrument called your mouth. So he says, say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into the heaven to bring Christ down? Is this not what Deuteronomy 30 told us? Who, or, or who shall descend into the deep to raise him back again from the dead? He says, but what saith it? Listen, what Deuteronomy is saying to us is that Christ is the law. Christ is the end of the law to all them that believe. If you backtrack a few verses in Romans 10, I believe from verse 4, 5 thereabouts, it says that Christ is the end of the law to all them that believe. That law that is the end of, that is the, is the meaning of the law to all them that believe. That law is in Deuteronomy 30. The same quotation is in Romans 10. But instead of the law, he's re representing that law as the Christ. Now listen, he says, how you do Christ is by speaking Christ. He says, there are some things Christ has done. You're trying to understand how you will do it again is undoing the works. It will not work for you that way. You don't say in your heart, who shall ascend into the heaven? Christ already descended from heaven. Nobody needs to bring him down to the earth from heaven. He was given by God. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so Christ already has descended from heaven. He says it's not by saying who will descend into the earth to bring him back from the dead. He has already risen from the dead. You cannot make it happen. So what you do is to declare and appropriate the basis of what he has done for you. He has already done the works. It's finished already. Your job is not to keep trying to do the same works Christ has done. Your job is to appropriate what Christ has done. Your job is to speak what Christ has done. So he says, stop saying in your heart, who shall ascend? Stop going to the back end. Who shall ascend? He has sorted the back end. He says, stop saying who, is, who will ascend into the heavens and bring Jesus down or who will descend into the deep after he has died and raised him from the dead. He says, but what does the word say? The word is nighty, even in your mouth and in your heart that if you will believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that the Lord raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For the heart man believes on the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You may be someone who is not born again today. You don't need to understand how God gave his son, how he lived 33 and a half years, how he died, and how he was raised from the dead. The moment you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you are saved. He went to the end, confessed it, and appropriated everything that everything in the back end was designed to bring into your life. You appropriate it the moment you confess it. You don't have to go back and undo and redo what Christ has done. You just confess it. This is why Mary could be pregnant without understanding what Gabriel said. Because she just said, be it unto me. According to your word. I, I don't understand what you mean by the Holy Spirit will come upon me, overshadow me, implant me. I don't get it. 
and I may never get it. She probably still doesn't get it till today. She got pregnant. She appropriated the basis of those proclamations because she said, be it unto me according to your word. She made a confession and that confession authorized the invasion of the Holy Spirit. There are so many things you are trying to understand. That's why they are not happening. You are saying in your heart, who will ascend? Who will go to Azor Rock now? Who will talk to the president on my behalf? Who will I start calling? Who, who, how, how, how? No, confess it. It's happening. Heaven and earth are witnessing. That is how you choose life. You choose good by confessing the good, by acknowledging it. It's not enough to just say, I'm a bag of goodies. You need to confess it. This good is coming to me now. This good is coming to me now. And you don't need to understand. You don't need to understand. I don't understand how I got saved in a split second by just confessing. I don't understand. I, I will never understand. How do you understand it? That everything that happened for 4,000 years, birthing Christ, and then three, 33 and a half years of God impacting him with the Holy Spirit, doing ministry, and then him spending three days in hell, destroying principalities and powers, and then him resurrecting from the dead, and then him anointing his brethren for 40 days and teaching them God's word. How all of that consummates into you are saved by just confessing, I don't get it. But I don't need to get it. I'm not meant to get it. Because my own question is not to be asking, how will ascend into the heavens to allow Jesus to come down to the earth to save humanity? Or who will descend into the deep to allow him raise to the dead so that he can give us power over the beggarly elements of this world? He says, but the word is an idea. Even in thine heart and in thy mouth, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if a man will believe in his heart the Lord Jesus and confess with his mouth that the Lord raised him from the dead, that man shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto what? Righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So do you want salvation? Don't look for how to walk salvation. Confess salvation. That's how salvation comes. That's how salvation comes. How it comes is not supposed to be your business. The gig, the, the, the gig, <laughs> your, your memory cannot, you can't accommodate it. It's too much. So you just confess it. Go to, the, go to the end. Confess it. Receive it. That's how it comes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the Bible says that the communication of our faith is made effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing. It means it's not everything in you that should be acknowledged. Every good thing that is in you in Christ that should be acknowledged. And the things that are in you in Christ that must be acknowledged must be confessed. If they are not confessed... There is no acknowledgement and there is no authorization to allow those things come into your life and manifest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there's something called heaven and earth. The witness. In your bedchambers, every confession you have made, it's not waste. Though. Heaven and earth, they are witnessing. He's saying it again. He's saying it again. He's saying it again. Yes, he's saying it again. They will come to pass. He's saying it again. I've shared this before. How I said it in my GSS 1, I will be the deputy head boy of this college. I said it to my friend. Inkem Jikao Babudu was beside me and I told him, I said, I'll be the deputy head boy of this college in GSS 1. I said it, I forgot about it. I said it, I said it for about two years consistently. I kept saying it. Heaven and earth was witnessing. By SS3, without lobbying to anybody, by, after like three principals. So even if I lobbied the principal in my GSS 1, how could I have lobbied the one that will be in my SS3? After three principals, different headmasters, I became the deputy head boy. Because heaven and earth witnessed it the day I said it. 
and ensured that every condition that needed to make that thing come to pass came to pass and made me the beneficiary of the things I had said. What are you saying? What are you saying? Job chapter 22 verse 28. The Bible says, you shall decree a thing. It shall be established unto you. Not unto everybody, unto you. You shall decree a thing. It shall be established unto you. He says, listen, when men are cast down, it's, see, it's social. Everybody is being cast down. It is only some people are cast When men are cast down, he says, you shall say, there is a lifting up for you. And he says, light will shine on your own path. Listen to this. When men are cast down, you will say something different. And what you say that is different will become your own reality. It means your speaking is your exemption. Your speaking is your exemption. It does not matter what is going on in the environment. If you will say the right things, the good things that are in you, in Christ Jesus, you are receiving an exemption already. Your own case is different. And it is your declaration that makes it so. And listen, listen to what he says. He says, you shall say there is a lifting up for you. And he says, light shall shine on your path. And he says, the Lord will save the humble person. Hey, hey, when everybody is cast down, people have turned humility to be that when everybody is cast down, you also say, Well, I'm, 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 who am I to be on cast down? We are all supposed to be cast down. This is the season of casting down. Let's just be humble and receive the casting down that is a global casting down. He says, The humble thing to do in that season is to say what the word of God already says stop being proud, and you say you're humble. Humility is to say what the word of God already says concerning you. If he says you are not going to be cast down, it is pride to say, well, let me just be, let me be a paraco person with everybody. Let me just also join the bandwagon of people being cast down to show that I'm humble. That's not humility. That's stupidity. God already gave you the capacity to not be cast down by the words of your mouth. But you are insisting to remain at the level of every other person because you are trying to be humble. You don't try to be humble. You're either humble or not. And how to be humble is to decree what the word of God has said. So when everyone is being cast down, you shall say, there is a lifting up for you. And the Lord will save the humble person. It's the humble person that declares what God says, even when public opinion does not agree with it. It is God's word that said it. And I'm going to be humble enough to declare it. God's word already said I'm blessed. I'm going to be humble enough to declare it. God's word said I'm healed. I'm going to be humble enough to declare it. God's word said I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm going to be humble enough to declare it. I don't know more than God. If he said I should say it, I will say it a thousand times until I see it. That's how to be humble in the kingdom. You say what the word of God says. You experience the goodness in you because you choose it. You choose it by saying it. He says, choose life. He advised them in Deuteronomy 30. He, had, he said, choose life. I can't choose it for you. I beseech you. I already declared my word. It is settled forever in heaven. But the settlement of that word in your reality is dependent on your declaration. Choose life. That you and your seed, listen, what you choose today will affect your seed tomorrow. It says that you and your seed will live. That you and your seed, the declarations of your mouth today is not just affecting you today. It's affecting your seed after today. See what Esau said affected Isaac, affected Rebekah, affected Jacob, affected his generations. There's a mountain called the mountain of Esau. It is designed for judgment. Still because of that statement. Bible says, saviors will arise from Zion and they will judge the mountain of Esau. The mountain of Esau is designed for judgment because Esau chose 
to be a loose person, a fornicator. Why, why would God call Esau a fornicator? Let's examine that for a bit. Why would God call Esau a fornicator? Hebrews chapter 12, I believe, from verse 26. He says, oh, don't be like Esau, a profane person. Who for a muscle of meat sold his birthright? He was a fornicator. We don't see that he slept with somebody that was not his wife. That was not his offense. His offense was that he, he valued temporary gratification over eternal birthright. He valued hunger over birthright. That's fornication. That's the real fornication. The one we call fornication is a sub under this real one. Because the one we call fornication, sleeping with somebody that is not your wife, is a category under the real one. Because for a seven-minute gratification, you will sell the eternal weight of glory that you carry in your heart. And then there is a possibility of giving birth to a child that you didn't plan for and you're likely going to disown because you wanted the gratification, you didn't want the effect of what it produce. And then you, you neglect the lady and you say, well, it's not me, I'm, at least I'm not the one that will carry it. So let the woman carry her, her thing. And when she comes, you deny it because you're not the one carrying the baby. Fornication, you, 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 you forget about the effect of something that has an eternal impact just because of a seven-minute gratification. Anyone who thinks clearly cannot fornicate. It's impossible. You are thinking clearly. You are thinking about the effect of what you're about to do. Five minutes, and that seven minutes is if you're a horse. If you're a horse, literally, if you're a horse, that's seven minutes. Normal people, five minutes, they are done. And for five minutes of pleasure, five, do you know how small five minutes is in a day? 24 hours. Five minutes is not even up to half of one hour. Five minutes, one over 12 of one hour, and you are done, and you will produce something that will be a, a life, a human being can be produced in five minutes. And you will produce that without thinking. You will displease God. You will say your conscience. You will deny a lady. You will get her pregnant without time, and the lady will probably leave school. Oh, well, if you don't want to go through all of that, you are bought a whole human being. See the likelihoods of the consequences attached to an on. I don't know what to call it. How can you do that? So that's, that's what the Bible calls fornication. So every time you shortchange something weighty for something temporal and fleeting, you are fornicated. Are fornicated. So you get a job that promises you so much, and God told you there is a ministry I have for you. If you carry that job, no matter how powerful it is, you are fornicated. You have exchanged something weightier for something so light and vain. The Bible says Moses chose rather to be called the son. He chose rather to. Um, Bible put it. It says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose rather to suffer affliction with the children of Israel than to enjoy the pleasure of Egypt for a season. He chose not to fornicate. But Esau, he ate his asharrow and destroyed his destiny forever uh, by the words of his mouth. That was a digression. Say not in your heart, who will ascend and bring down Jesus? Or who will go into the deep and bring him up from the dead? But what does it say? What does the righteousness of faith say? The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess that the Lord has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth of the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. James chapter 3, as we begin to wrap up. James chapter 3 is one of the most powerful scriptures 
that begins to explore the dimensions that are resident in this your mouth. <laughs> oh, you don't pay attention to your mouth. Oh. You need to see from today, pay more attention to your mouth. Every situation you find yourself in, how you get out his mouth first. <laughs> your mouth must be saying victory before you experience victory. You get out of every situation, mouth first, mouth first. Your mouth must be saying something different from your situation and then it will begin to impact on your situation. James chapter 3 from verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole body. Verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the sheep, which though they be so great, and are driven off by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So we're going to be tabernacling around verse 4. He says, Behold also the sheep which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. The challenge is this. The sheep are great. The sheep are going to a great place. The sheep are heading for a great journey and a great destination. However, those that are not going to take responsibility for the helm in that ship will become victims of fierce winds. Every ship is subject to fierce winds. Every ship is subject to fierce winds. If you are on the sea, fierce winds is a constant. You don't need to ask for it. It's there, fierce winds. However, your destination will not be a function of the fierce winds. Your destination and where you end up is going to be a function of how you navigated using your helm. So God has ensured that the ship will not be at the mercy of the fierce winds. However, if you choose not to use your helm, you become a victim of the fierce winds. The issues and the challenges happening in people's lives is not because of the magnitude of the challenge. It's not because of the fierceness of the great winds. No! It's because they have refused to use the helm the Lord gave them. No matter how great and fierce the winds are, if you will turn the helm the right way, you would end up at the right place. And your mouth is that helm. Your mouth is that helm. He says they are driven by great winds, but if they will use their helm, he says you will end up where you ought to end up. He says that helm, listen to this, he says that helm responds to the will of the governor. Listen to this. The angels will not come and ask you, do you mean what you say? Did you mean it? Your words are a reflection of your will. And they don't need to come and ask you. So if, if the helm is turning south, we're not coming to ask the governor. Is this south you really want? The helm is going in the direction of where the governor decides. So you, if you are saying the wrong things, even if you don't want the wrong things, it's the wrong thing that you will attract. Because you are saying the wrong things. The ship is going in the direction of the helm. Not in the direction of the governor's will. Because it is assumed that the governor's will is in the direction of the helm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, whatever you harvest in life is a function of what you have been saying and sowing in words. Even if it's not what you desire. So, every time pandemic hits and stuff like that, and you say things like, ah, when will it come around us now? I don't even know anybody that is sick of COVID-19. It's like you want to know. You want to know, you want to know somebody in your Sakani that has COVID-19. Ah, okay, okay. You desire to know. You want to see how it's doing people. Oh, I see. You, you, will, see, you will see the goodness of covid and because you've been saying it, you've been saying it, you've been saying it, a thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand side. None will come near your dwelling. The ratio 
or want to 10,001 before it has the chance to touch you. 10,001. A thousand will fall at your side. 10,000. Alright, 11,000, isn't it? 11,000 in ratio, 11,000 to 1 before it can come near your dwelling and it will even come near you. Near your dwelling. That's what the word of God says. If you will say that, if you continue to say that, that will be your reality. You say what the word of God has said. Be humble. Tell your neighbor, be humble. Tell to be humble. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand side. Not one will come near you. Only with your eyes will you see and behold the reward of the wicked. Hey. Shaki Brahasa. Do you know what it means to be wicked? Hey. Can you pray in the spirit for the next two minutes? Ufrazike tebula kagagazaziza. Retete bukataza. Embro taliko prataza. Ingro tazanama. Eproto zika lioho. Eke gegeziza. This is why the first thing the Holy Ghost hijacks once it comes into your life is your mouth. Because if he can take a hold of your hand, he will direct you to your directed heaven. Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. And such who do wickedly against the covenant, it shall corrupt with flatteries. But people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Anyone who sees God's word and refuses to acknowledge it by confession is wicked. It says they that do wickedly against the covenant, they don't acknowledge the covenant. They don't think the covenant carries power. He says it will corrupt them with flatteries. He says, but they that know their God they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. To be wicked means you are twisted. You say you're a Christian, but you don't say Christian things. You're twisted. You don't acknowledge. You're not straight. You're not straight. If you're a Christian, do the works of Christ. If you're a Christian, speak the words of Christ. If you're a Christian, act like Christ. That is what it means to be straight, to be a Christian. Don't be twisted because wickedness is twistedness. And so he says, they that do wickedly against the covenant, those that twist the covenant, those that they hear what God's word is saying, but they refuse to say it. He says, it will corrupt them with flatteries, but they who know their God, who will follow to the core the things the Lord has said, he says, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Where was I if I went to that? James 3. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he says, They are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth. Anywhere the governor decides, that's where they go. Even though they are great winds. So if the governor does not decide and he does not turn the helm in the direction he wants, he becomes a victim of the fierce winds. And if he turns the helm the wrong place, he becomes a victim of a wrong decision. So not saying anything and saying the wrong things are just as bad. If he does not turn the helm, he does not turn the helm, and he does not want the helm to end up in the wrong place. I mean, he desires where he's really going. He wants to go there. But if he does not turn the helm where he wants the helm to go, he becomes a victim of the fierce winds, vicissitudes of life, challenges, troubles, tribulations, adversities, hardship. The devil will steal from you, kill you, and destroy you because you have left yourself to be at his mercy. God kept asking Adam, what happened? Give me the right, say the right things. Say the right things. If you don't say the right things, you will broker a deal that I will, it will take me 4,000 years to get you out of. Say the right things. 
He said, it's not me, it's the woman. The woman said, it's not me, it's the devil. The devil said, it is me. And got the package of earth. That was the moment. Ask the Adam, what happened? Take responsibility. You did it, you messed up. You didn't tell Eve what you were supposed to tell. Tell her. And then when she was beside you, giving you the fruit, you, you ate it. Take responsibility. God would have either had to forgive you or forgive you. But you didn't take responsibility. You kept saying, it's the woman you gave me. The woman said, God was hoping the woman would not make the same foolish mistake. Take responsibility. You said, no, the devil. The devil smiled. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did it. And now I roll around the earth now. The moment man bequeathed the responsibility to the devil the devil took over by Matthew 4 the devil told Jesus I said the glory of this world belongs to me he was delivered <laughs> by the word of mouth if Adam had said Lord I'm sorry when he said where are you if he didn't even wait for God to say where are you he went to God God I messed up I'm sorry I'm sorry sir have mercy God would have forgiven him he refused the responsibility. He refused the responsibility. So God cannot forgive somebody who has not confessed. Because you have not acknowledged. So he put the responsibility on the devil's doorstep. And the devil grabbed with both hands. Because up until then, the devil was not yet the God of this world. The devil needed the justice of God to become the God of this world. And it was that point when Adam refused responsibility. Eve res refused responsibility. And they, by the word of their mouth, cast the responsibility to the devil. He's the one that dictated how we behaved. He's the one that influenced us. He's now the God of this world. God couldn't do much. God said, no problem. That, that tie is going to be for the next 4,000 years. Until Jesus comes. Your words are powerful. I, I can't say this enough. As we begin to wrap up right now, Luke chapter 6. There's a scripture that we all quote every time we're about to give offerings and tithe. Maybe we'll still quote it today. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom for the same measure with which you meet shall be meted back unto you. Glory to God. So you give today like you have never given before. And that's the word for somebody. So give today like you've never given before. All right? But, but that, that's, that's really not what the Bible is saying there. He's talking about your words. You didn't know. It's your words. I'll be given unto you. Because we see Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. This is scripture. This, I didn't fabricate these things. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom for with the same measure that you meet without it shall be measured to you again. Wow. Where's that scripture again? Verse 43. For a good tree bringeth not corrupt fruit. Neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For of tons men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather their grapes. How do you produce the fruit you want to eat? Verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart shall bring forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22. The power is not with life or death. The power is in the tongue. A lot of times we quote it and say, the power of 
Life and death is in the tongue. That's not the scripture. He says the power of, he says life and death, yes, is in the power of the tongue. The tongue puts life on life. The tongue puts death on death. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Luke 6, 45, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart will bring forth that which is good and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart will bring forth that which is evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh and by their fruit you shall know them what you are saying is who you are eh? that's who you are that's who you are that's, that's, that's who you are that's what you are permitting to become your reality that's who you are so he says life and death so if you are seeing life continue to speak life you are seeing death continue to speak life life will overturn death mortality will be swallowed up by immortality not the other way around you will speak life until you will turn the switch until you will tilt the scale until you will change the realities they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof there are three things I would have gone into begin to share with you as to the things you must begin to say but uh Time will not permit us, so we'll continue on Thursday at our crossover service, by God's grace, um, where we'll be framing 2021. 12 scriptures. We'll use 12 scriptures to put dimension on 2021. There are some things that are not permitted to happen to you in 2021. Not because it's not happening to everybody, but because we are humble enough. To declare the word of God concerning our lives in the year 2021. When you put a frame, you have put a dimension on. You can't frame something without dimensions. And so things that are not within that frame are not permitted. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. It says we know by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That those things which are seen were not made out of anything that did appear. Everything has its roots in words. Everything. So with words, you can reorganize, rearrange, reorchestrate. Uh, you can peep into 2021 and begin to put fittings and furniture in the year 2021. You frame it. You dimensionalize it. You do that. Praise the name of the Lord. And it is by the word of our mouth we'll do that. So how we acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus is by choosing the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. Is by confessing those good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. And today we're going to be practicalizing one of those activities. It is to acknowledge the goodness of God. If you check the dominant attitude for a believer, a new creation believer in the New Testament, it's thanksgiving, it's thanksgiving. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Come rest to our feet right now. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you begin to bless him for all that he has done in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Thank God I don't have to go into the heavens to bring him down. Thank God I don't have to go into the deep to bring him up. But glory to God, the word is Nigh me even in my heart and in my mouth that is the word of faith that I preach glory to God blessed be God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places ah glory to Jesus according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children unto himself by Christ Jesus according to the pleasure of his will unto the grace and glory of his name having accepted us 
in the beloved in the beloved in the beloved in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace glory to God Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 giving thanks unto the father who has made us what meets to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light hallelujah in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins glory to God is the image of the invisible God hallelujah the first one amongst many brethren Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Giving thanks always unto the Father who causes us to triumph abundantly. Making manifest the, the sour of his knowledge by us in every place. We are his chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation called forth to show forth the praises of him who has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you give thanks for what you have in Christ Jesus? you Lord Jesus for we who are sometimes darkness who are sometimes dead you are brought nigh glory to God by your son by your body upon the cross breaking down the middle wall of partition having postponed principalities and powers you made an open show of them triumphing over them in hell you are the head of all principalities and powers born in heaven and on earth all things have belonged to you you are before all things and by you all things consist Harvesting the words that you have sown. So, if there's any year you speak as if your life depends on it, it's the year 2021. Everything you say, you will see. I tell you. And remember, Pastor Priest's teaching don't say impossible things, don't say small things, don't talk poorly. Hey, speak large because you don't need to know how it will happen. How will I go into heaven to bring it down? How will I go into the earth to bring it up? Just say it. It will happen. Say it. Be bold about it. So the year 2021, we are framing it. We are putting dimensions by the word of God. We acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. <laughs> and we begin by giving of thanks. We are going to give thanks using the Pauline prayers. The Pauline epistles just giving thanks. How, how can you wrap your mind around blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and so they are settled forever in heaven Psalm 119 verse 89 but how it will be settled on earth is when you crystallize it in your mouth and you give a vocal authorization to those words you bring it to pass in your own experience so they can be settled on earth in Leah's life they are settled in heaven forever 
but they can be settled on earth also when you speak those words and you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor. Every single one of the sound of my voice is established in this word and in, this, in all righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a big praise. Give God a big praise. Give God a big praise. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. What a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.